James Monroe uh, is elected at a time when the Federalists have been so discredited that he wins both elections in a huge landslide, and it's basically unopposed. In one of his elections, there's only one electoral college person who votes against him, and that person says, I want you to be president, but I don't want anybody but George Washington to have ever been unanimous, so I'm voting against you for that reason. Okay, And this time period where he's president is called the era of good feelings because it was just like, ah, oh, it's so chill to just not have any political opposition. Um, Monroe is a Virginian. He... Um, which means that we've had now of the first five presidents, four Virginians, which tells you about the importance of Virginia uh, as a state in the country. Um, I guess the only thing that I'd say about Monroe is that he started thinking about America's role post-War of 1812 in the world. And it was clear in... We won the War of 1812, although if we remember that our goal was to take over Canada, we didn't really win. Um, but there was a sense of... Um, a lot of Latin American countries during his presidency. This is like now we're in the early 1800s, like um, 1810s, like that kind of, we're, you know, we're after the War of 1812, so it's like late 18-teens. And a bunch of countries have gotten independent from Spain, um, and Monroe issues the Monroe Doctrine, in which he says, basically, no other European countries can interfere in the Western Hemisphere. And it's a pretty intense statement to be making for a new young country, right? To say, this entire part of the world, you don't get to mess with. And there's kind of two pieces of the Monroe Doctrine that we'll continue to see throughout American foreign policy. One is the sort of idealism of it, which says we're going to defend the independence of other countries because we're an independent democracy. And if other countries want to be independent democracies, they get to be that. And this sort of defense from European imperialism that comes from having a democratic superpower that's maybe not correctly called a superpower at this point, but it is flexing its muscles and becoming economically powerful and politically powerful. But who is he to get to say that? Like, who would right, well, that's him? the second half of it. The second half of it is it's so arrogant. And it's so presumptuous, and it in itself is the basis of future American imperialism. Because part of the reason was, you guys can't mess with it, but there was also, by now, very serious consideration after failing to take over Canada that maybe we should take over some of that Spanish stuff. Let's take over Mexico. Let's take over Cuba. Um, and Monroe, in saying that no one else could interfere, certainly was not saying that the United States couldn't interfere. And I often like to just recite the list of countries that the United States has eventually like murdered or t tried to take over, murdered the leaders, tried to take over the country. In Latin America, we can say it's Mexico, Nicaragua, El Salvador, Guatemala, Cuba, the Dominican Republic, Haiti, um, Argentina, um, Chile, Colombia, Panama. It goes on and on and on. And the Monroe Doctrine is often cited as like part of the reason why like these things are okay. And I know this is like a really complicated question, but why are humans so obsessed with taking over other people's lands? The United States is huge. They have right. so much land to the West. They haven't even begun to explore. Like, why do they care? Why can't they just be happy with what they have and like try and keep peace within the Union? The whole state of, like, yeah, the honestly, my first reaction to that question and where I am right now is it's because it's because men are insane. Like, 
it's because of patriarchy. Like, like men are trained to want to be dominant over other men. That's like what our gender um, t- teaches us is what it means to be a successful person. And so you have an uh, entire political system from Europe all the way over based around men and that kind of acquisition. And, and I guess it's the combination of patriarchy and capitalism too, because capitalism is about like continual growth and it's not like this feudal stasis of, well, we'll just stay in power. Like we're always trying to grow and get more. And I guess patriarchy and capitalism are both part of the American dream. And the American dream, which will be articulated better a few years after Monroe. And, and I guess there's a couple different versions of the American dream. There's the individual one, but there's also kind of the collective one, which eventually will be called Manifest Destiny. And uh, Manifest Destiny is the idea that, it's the, that God has chosen the United States to control huge sections of land. I think that's all I want to say about James Monroe. 